Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Motown and Coney. This is episode nine. We keep it moving, moving right along. I'm your host, Rodney Fresh. Of course, I'm back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? And we about to do a topic that I have been waiting to do um, since we introduced um, doing top album from certain years. The best hip hop album from what I consider one of the top years in hip-hop, 1994. And you might be definitely right about that. <laughs> you are right. Yeah, so I want all and I want all the smoke today. Oh, um, <laughs> oh snap. This 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 the one I, as they say, this the one I've been waiting on. All right, now that he got his gloves on, his yeah. boxing gloves on. He ready. Yeah, this. He ready. I, I can't, I'm, I'm super excited i think this one is what when we first did 1992 this is i think 1994 what we thought 92 was going to be these are some albums that have definitely stood the test of time classic after classic album this year is phenomenal yeah and i and i think the killing part about this year that makes it amazing too is you have some probably and we ain't even talked about our, our top five list but I, I know we got some difference in probably the top three but i bet you i'm willing to bet two of our top three albums no matter what order we got them in are two classic debut albums oh yeah for sure for sure definitely out of 94 yeah and people know what we're talking about if you're familiar with 1994 stay tuned yeah so yeah is we sitting here we doing in march it's march madness going on everybody bracket is busted we it's almost spring <laughs> uh weather changing and hell going back to 94 just makes me think of back in the day the, the uh everybody had a radio rock uh Radio Raheem in the, in the neighborhood, the 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 B box. So I think it's appropriate that we do top album from '94. That's right. And if it was like, uh, I'm thinking of the the Brown Sugar question. When did you first fall in love with hip hop? Some of these albums in '94, I, I'm willing to bet it's the first time a lot of you guys fell in love with hip hop. Yeah, that is so true. I think '94 sparked a lot of hip hop heads. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you pretty much have every coast represented somehow in in 94. Um yeah. East Coast was coming heavy. The South was coming heavy. Not maybe not so much the 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 West. Um, oh no, the West was out there yeah. too, Rodney. Don't hey, don't forget that was the G Funk era right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, don't sleep on that. The the Midwest is represented at least in my top five. Uh, they they in my probably my honorable mentions. Okay. I know what you're talking. About. 
Yeah, so we see we already know we got a little difference there because one of my top five albums is um it pains me because one of my favorite artists they not they ain't even make the honorable mentions. Oh, that's crazy! Oh wow! And you know what? Can I, can, I, 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 can, can I can I leave with that? Yeah, because look, he probably didn't make mine either. And the, I, the Red Man album. That didn't make mine either. Yeah, it didn't make my honorable mentions. And it's it's I actually just read something that said it's the one album Red Man does not perform and does not listen to. Yeah, and that was produced by Keith Murray. Mm-hmm. And I thought that 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 album was terrible. Yeah, I ain't gonna even lie. Um, I didn't put Biz Marquis um in my my honorable mentions. Yeah, he's not in mine either. So yeah. Uh, some legendary rest in peace with Biz. Some legendary rappers. Not enough. So that just shows you how hard 1994 was was hitting. Yeah. Uh, hitting tough. It might. We haven't done all the years yet, but it might be tough to to top 1994 because I feel, and we'll get into the list in a minute, but I feel like the top two albums, and I, and we, I think we probably got them ranked differently, but I think they're in a the class. They stand the test of time no matter what year, what era. Right. I actually think my whole top five does, which is crazy. So <laughs> you, you, you ready to get into this? I, I want all the smoke too now, Rodney. Okay, no so, on my ass. Okay, so you've already kind of alluded to uh, an album that's in my top five at number five is your, one of your honorable mentions. But I'm going with the man from Chi-Town. Common, The Resurrection. Oh, wow. That was a nice I, album. Yeah, I love the production on it. Uh, once again, the wordplay uh, is... Common don't get enough credit for his lyricism. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I'm, I'm more big on lyrics than I am production and beats, Mm-hmm. Um, it's, which is probably why our top two is going to differ in the order and our top five <laughs> yeah <laughs> so kicking off my, my lyricism kick the resurrection I, I love the, the title um, there'll be a tie in to that title the resurrection when I get to the, my number one pick uh, but <laughs> you you start to see the in 1992, we got Edgy, uh, Common. Mm -hmm. 94, Common started to become a little grown. So, And and I think that's why I didn't fall in love with him with that. Because 94, I was different, too. Yeah. uh, To me, the resurrection star, the the Common that that I started to love, I think it's fully developed uh, later in the 90s but in 94 you started to see that 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 transition from grimy common to to the conscious um um brother that we see today so right unfortunately i i really love this album and the sad part about it was in 94 i gave it a listen and then i i passed it up because it it was yeah it was too many it's too many it was one of those albums where you had to listen to it some time later to really respect it I, I, it's not in my honorable mentions. Oh. It's not. It's not in my honorable mentions. Boo! If I had a boo thing <laughs> to press right now, 
No, I, and, and I, I know Rodney gonna say that. And come and get brownie point because he was always in the D, always showing love to Detroit. So yeah, and and I know in the resurrection is like that show. It put a lot of spotlight on Detroit too. Yeah, shout and, out to Jay Dilla. Yeah, and that that's a hell of an album. But at that time, man, like it just wasn't one of those albums that that stood out to me until later on. So if you're basing it off a of 94 of me, this this album would not. And it's, it's still the test of time, but it's not in my top 10 albums. Okay, well, let's hit us with your number five. All right, so my number five, my number five, and that's what I, I, I figured this this artist here <laughs> won't be in his number five, be in his top five. But I thought that Method Man and that Takao album. It's an honorable mention. Yeah, that I thought that album was, was smoking, man, with you all that I need. And I mean, it just... I yeah, thought that, that I, that's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, I thought that album was hot. I, I do love me some some Method Man. Uh, one of not my favorite from the Wu Tang, but top three from from Wu Tang for me. Oh yeah, and I thought this yeah, album we could here, do a podcast ranking the top just the the best Wu Tang members. Yeah, I thought this album here, man, like it was crazy in the movement back then, and I remember yeah, like I, I yeah. love that pick actually. So yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that the movement at that time, as I remember, man, I just remember that was a solid movement. And he was all over MTV, man. Like, you couldn't even, that video played back to back to back, man. And just seeing with him and uh, Mary J. And, yeah, now you got the song in my head. I'm over yeah, here. Like, you all. Yeah, like, that was the jam, man. Need. Like, that album was crazy, bro. Like, I. Man, you about to have me at work on Monday. The kids <laughs> going to be like, could you stop playing this? <laughs> And then he took that sample from Biggie too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it came out later that year in '94, uh, so he took that sample too. So. Okay, so number four, I'm going with Bone Thugs. That's an honorable mention for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it was a to- it was a toss up between them and UGK. I didn't. You know what's crazy? I don't even. I don't think I have UGK in an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, Bone Thugs for me. Uh, yeah, Bone Thugs was the the group my dad was listening to. Without me, like he was kind of like trying to hide that he was listening to Bone Thugs, and then I found it, and that Bone that Bone Thugs album was actually one of the first albums I got to listen like hip hop wise. Like I was sneaking and listening to it, but. Yeah, that album was so dope, and I I thought that the flow the flow was so unique, man. Yeah, it was it was, they were. I'm you know 1994. I'm fairly new to hip hop, so for them to be one of my first experiences, like the the raspiness of like yeah. their voices, um, their delivery. It wasn't like I said. Like I'm big on lyrics and consciousness. Like so, it was the opposite of like the common album for me. Right. It, it just and it just it came at you so fast and, and so furious. Yeah. Man. It opened a, a yeah. whole new uh, arena um, of what hip hop could be and, and sound like. Right. And you know, I actually got put on. That was my first time listening to rappers that this like that spit like that. So. I got put on to them before I actually got put on the Twister. Okay, so yeah, they I can yeah, see that because I didn't get put on a Twister to probably 
97, 98. Yeah, like this this Bone Thugs album in 94 is my first introduction to rappers that spit that kind yeah. of flow. And I thought that flow was just bananas. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get over it. I, I was actually surprised. Maybe maybe it was last week. Like I had two students arguing about who could rap faster, Buster Rhymes or Twister. No, it took me back. Like, Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. And people forget, like Buster Rhymes, like he was floating around. Don't get Give me, me some wrong, more, yeah. But he wasn't the he wasn't the Buster Flip, Rhymes yeah, that be Flip flowing was, like, yeah, like that with the fast flow. He was just like, I mean, he had a he had a rough flow, but it wasn't fast like Bone Thugs yeah. and Twist at the time. Yeah. Okay, um, number four for you. Um, I'm curious because so far we have not had an album in common, so. <laughs> All right, so number four for me. So I'm going to tell you this, man. When this album dropped, everybody in the hood was playing this. And I remember all the the players, including my, my pops <laughs> that pull up on the scene. They was in Irox and Benzes. He giving you a taste of what the east side of Detroit was yeah, in 1994. Yeah, it was Irox and Benzes. And everybody was bumping that Thug Life Value 1. Bury Me a G. That's an honorable mention for me. I yeah. kind of knew it was going to be yeah. on his list. Uh-huh. That was the East Side special right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I see. Know yeah. your audience. I, I knew that was going to be. Pour out a little a, liquor. I, I knew that was going to be on his uh-huh. list. Yeah, man. Tupac came crazy on this one, man. That Wait. felt like value one. <laughs> I, I, I wish y'all could see his face. It's like he reliving his part of his childhood just just thinking about this album man i'm sitting here smiling right now looking like the joker man just i can close my eyes and just see how everybody was just playing this man and everybody yelling out bingo to their favorite car <laughs> yeah like that was crazy man yeah he he definitely just took a step down memory lane like that, that's like i said it's an honorable mention for me so this is kind of dope we didn't hit you with two uh well, really, four different um, albums. Okay, so, God, we done hit y'all. We did four and five for both of us, and they hit you with four different albums. Uh-huh. And at least some of the albums on our honorable mention. I'm sorry, Common, I left you off mine. Okay. Yeah. That, that, I, it's going to be tough moving forward. Anytime we do a top five, and when we talking about anything between... 92 and like 2006 for me to leave common off the list if you dropped the album that that year um that's just how much respect i got for the brother yeah um my number three i'm pretty sure it's not on your top five but it's probably i'm hoping it's an honorable mention the diary scarface wow that's an honorable mention for me yeah I'm actually surprised that you went with the diary to our face. I thought the diary was pretty dope too. That's an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I saw I, you going somewhere else. Though. Yeah, I put. So what I tried to do um, was think back to '94, where I was, uh, what I was sneaking and listening to, uh, and then I, I went back and I, I played the albums. I'm Scarface. He was my introduction to Southern hip hop. Okay, he was the 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 Ghetto Boys. Uh, just Scarface was. I know 
UGK, uh, for you it was probably uh, Uncle Luke, uh, with yeah. most people's inner, but for me it was it was Scarface, and maybe he also gets some brownie points for me because he's his book uh, Diary Diary of a Madman is probably the most amazing um, book centered around somebody in hip hop that I have read. Check out that book, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't checked it. It is definitely a must read. It's a page turner. Um, so, and just to think, like I'm now, I'm thinking back in the book, like he he came on with the diary, but he was still he was still in Houston selling drugs. Yeah, and that's that's what's crazy about that. I actually heard that from him before on the podcast, and him talk about that too. And I thought this, uh, I thought this album was was dope. I. <sighs> It's kind of hard because I, I wanted to put that at my number five over uh, the Takao album, but I remember it's, it's all about where you where you yeah, was, it was at where the you time had around that time. So, which is funny. So we have had a completely different five, four, and three. Yeah, two and one I think are the same, but they in a completely different order. So I was thinking that you was gonna have the same three as me. And that that threw me off because I when I looked at you and you said that I was like oh yeah Scarface album was dope too, but my number three, how can you not have Outkast Southern Playlistic Cadillac music like that that whole I, Rodney I am appalled I just I love Scarface yeah, album it's not, it's not even see, in your top five I know it it should have been Rodney what are you doing here. <laughs> I, I feel like I should I should force you to play. I should just pop. I should hold a speaker outside of your house with the damn bumping this on the damn on a boombox. So like. so truth like I didn't. So part of it, I'm trying. I was trying to put myself in '94. Me, uh-huh. I didn't discover Outcast '98. Maybe. Wow, that's so. crazy. You you want to know what put me on them at around '94? Uh, um. Of course, like I listen to WJLB all the time, and they was like, they was on there going crazy, man. And I thought, like, yeah, yeah. So, but they were on an episode of Martin. I do, re- I do remember that episode. And that's when that album had came out, and I was like, wow, like who are these brothers that came on there with the style, man? And they was just, and I did have a jukebox network, and whenever they came on, because I wasn't. I think at that time I wasn't kind of used to that type of southern slang hip hop. Yeah, and shout out to the the jukebox. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> look, that's how old I am. Yeah, had to call to order um, videos. I, yeah, I I, I want to say my sister that's um, older than me. She yeah. would watch it all the time, and I remember one time she ordered a, a video of my parents. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. I think we all did that. I think we all. Did yeah, that. so ooh, you bringing back memories. Uh, so our our one two I know are the same, um, so we can debate this out because you had Ready to Die and Elmatic come out ninety four. Yeah, and that's I'm pretty sure you have Elmatic at two. Yes, I do. I, you have Ready to Die at one. Yes, I have Elmatic at one. You I have got, re- and I have Ready to Die at I two. I figured that. I figured that right. Yeah, it, it was written all over your face, and I I seen. I said he's gonna go with Nas, like Nas' debut album. Um, I, I kind of figured that too, but it was Biggie's debut album too, man. And I mean, if you look at both both of those albums, were like critical, man. But 
I just remember out of both of those albums, man, I remember Juicy just hitting hard. Yeah, I thought to say you had Juicy. Uh, yeah, Juicy just hit me harder, man. Because, like, that's how I, I always envision. I think when you listen to Juicy and another song. Suicidal uh, Thoughts was on there. Yeah, Juicy and Love is Gonna Get You was always the two songs that stuck out for me as, like, a, you know, as, as a black man growing up in the hood. Um, I always felt like those songs there always made you want to be like the savior of your family and like no matter what you had to do it like even if it was like sell drugs or rob steal whatever yeah like it just it he felt like the, those. Uh, he got the infamous line on on the album too um, you either sell crack rock or got a wicked jump shot yeah like it was one or the other so so ill so I got to ride for my number one real quick Right for your number one, brother. Illmatic introduced me really to to hip hop storytelling at its finest. Okay. Um, New York State of Mind actually put like I could envision myself like never been to Queen Rear Marcy none of those, but I could envision what New York sounded like, what it smelled like, what was going on. The storytelling, I think puts Illmatic on, on a whole different playing field, whether it's One Love, um, even Halftime. Right. Um, the production was amazing. Illmatic, one of the first albums that you get from hip-hop that has multiple producers. Yeah, that was a unique album at that time. First, first hip-hop album to get a Michael Jackson sample. That's true, yeah. Not only that, it's... it's out of all these albums, and we talking about from 1994, only one of them has a documentary about them, Thomas Illmatic. Well, I mean, Biggie got documentaries, but not in a good, not in a good way. R.I.P. to that legend, yeah, too. So, <laughs> yeah. But Illmatic is the, my introduction to, to Nas. Of course, it's, it's pretty much everybody's introduction because he, he did live at the barbecue. He had a few singles. And to, to honestly, Biggie's got more songs. Uh, Illmatic's got the really only got nine songs, but they they are nine quality songs. And even the the start off the intro, the Genesis, you can't help but pop in the Genesis and, and feel like you in New York riding the subway to to Queensbridge or something. Yeah, I, man. His lyricism on this album too, man, and the way that he he approached every song, like you, you like you just stated the documentary. Um, I, I was, you know, I had a privilege to watch that documentary too, man. And it's crazy, like to go into Nas's insight, man, and also listening from his podcast, man, and listening to him and how he interacted with all these different artists and how he played. I didn't realize until I heard his interview with Mary J. Blige that he went on tour with her. Yeah. Yeah, just off of, you know, because, of course, both of them were featured on the same song together, which was one of Mary J. Blige's biggest hit songs. But I'm like, man, Nas has been everywhere, man. He liked the, um, what's that damn dude that was with uh, Bad Boy? Uh, Stevie J. He oh, liked yeah. Because <laughs> Stevie J be everywhere. You like, damn, how many people do he deal with in hip-hop? And, like, Nas always was, I think that's that shows you how, how Nas is just, like, one of the gatekeepers, man. Because no matter what. Nas has played a part in dealing with every single and he's artist in hip hop damn near. Yeah, he's he's been a mentor to a lot of the up and coming rappers, whether it's um A Boogie, 
yeah. young young thug um dirk um so but just to go back to 94 that not only was it the songs it was the album cover i mean for him because hell i remember i couldn't get a haircut all the time because my dad <laughs> only took me once a month so i kind of looked like nice on the damn album cover so <laughs> kind of was like i saw myself in that album cover yeah and then like so i i grew up on the west side i grew up in a in a in a fairly you know well-off neighborhood so that gave me my introduction to like the hood like this is what really going on like i remember being in high school eventually a year later and my family you know we went to new york and i'm like can we go stop by queen bridge because i wanted to see this this mythological place right that you know and i'm i feel like i had already been there by listening to illmatic <laughs> and then eventually it was written and but that that was to really Elmatic was my my cement introduction into um, the thing called hip hop. I love the Biggie album. There are a couple of songs on the Biggie album I skip. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Then that's when I say um, Nas by it only being nine tracks to get to nine because there's not a song. The the all nine songs are great. The one guest appearance is AZ, and AZ does not get enough flowers. Yeah. I think the only things I skipped... No, AZ doesn't get his flowers, too. I think the only thing that I did skip uh, when I was younger around that time was, like, the nasty uh, interludes. But other than that, like, I think I did... Um, I think I liked the whole uh, Biggie album, too, man. Like, from, Yeah, like, I, too. I did. Um, yeah. I think and both of those albums I it's, did. It's funny because around that time, 94, 95, I remember my mom went to Carabana like on a girls trip in Toronto and like like ran into Puff on the street. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you know, I, I met this, you know, friend. we saw a Puff Daddy. I'm like, saw who? Right. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> No, nah, it's crazy, man, because around that time, like, you got to remember me and Rodney, we was young dudes at that time. And we still, man, like, we, we still recognize, like, good music at that time. And that lets you know, like, how these albums still t- stood the test of time. Yeah, the shoot, Nas has did, what is it, like, three different versions of Illmatic now? He's got the 20-year anniversary edition. Uh and he did one with the the New York Sympathy playing in the background at the at the Kennedy Center. Um, he actually came here and did it with the Detroit Sympathy too. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. I so, like when he does that too. I like when he does the um, the live band thing. You know who I think that really got him into doing that though? You know, I'm about to say Jay Z. Remember when they used to do the MTV? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Look with that unplug. Oh man, that them unplug albums unplug. was. They was so dope. Jay Z, Lauren Hill, yeah, it? Lauren Hill did Alicia, it too. Alicia Keys did an unplugged album. Yeah, I thought those was so dope, man. Jodeci, um, like all those, all those. Shout unplugged. out to MTV because you had unplugged at one point. I really always like the di- the show, the Diary. Yeah. You know, can I? You take think your, you know? Can I you take have your no shout idea? out back because MTV can go to hell. <laughs> 
y'all music television goddamn it and now you give me nothing but reality shows yeah we, we speaking about stuff that happened bring back unplug please we need that unplug diary because i'll shoot i'll never forget the jay-z diary yeah and he started off he was on the he walked on a bus in Houston and Scarface sitting on the bus. Yeah, we need that. We need uh-huh. that back. And BET too. Shoot, Shame uh, on both of y'all. And I remember shooting on that Jay-Z diary. Um, Benny Siegel, they was at the club. He jumped out the VIP about to <laughs> yeah. go fight somebody. Yeah, <laughs> those was lit. Man, I, I you know what? The it's only two reality shows MTV needs is The Real World and Road Rules. Those will forever be classic, but bring back the music. Even Yeah, 16 and pregnant. Nobody watching that shit, man. Bring back your MTV raps and TRL. And yeah, y'all already lost Wild and not the VH1 because y'all on some BS with these stupid reality shows. I'm so, I'm so sick of them and BET because like, it's not even music anymore. It's, no, not, it's, not, it's no music to showcase. And yeah, BET is nothing but um, they need to change the name of the Tyler Perry Network. Man, for real, y'all don't. Man, I'm so sick of them. I, I'm, I'm gonna still watch them. But, Tyler Perry shows you, and Miss Pat. You you brought up a good point that our younger listeners, the the people that's 25 and younger, mm-hmm. didn't get the experience. We have the music music video box, yeah, TRL live and. I don't know about you, but I couldn't wait to see who was going to be like the number one song in that day. Yeah. Um, Big Tigger in the Basement. Oh, man. I couldn't wait for the freestyles. Yeah. Big you, Tigger, no. you, you had, you like, such and such about to be on there. Okay. We got to, we got to watch it. See. Yeah. The the free, like, I know Fun Flex still do the, the free style on his show, but it was nothing like. The Big Tigger in the Basement Freestyle. Yeah, and you can actually see those. Now, I know they got, like, the mobile cameras and everything's going internet. But still, man, like, even, like, TRL, man, you see people popping up, man. I remember seeing Eminem and Walk- Mark Wahlberg yeah, on there. Remember, and that, remember that when they used to do the um, MTV Spring Break? Oh, man, those was dope, too. Do they even do those anymore? No, they Man, come on, MTV. What y'all doing, man? What are y'all doing? Y'all yeah, done lost so- me. 90s, like, I'm just thinking about, like, that whole, probably 92 through, like, 2004, maybe, with, like, a whole vibe yeah. that you will never, never get again. Like, hip-hop is great on its own, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like we have more access, if that makes sense, to the hip-hop artist than you do have today. Like, you saw them on TRL. You saw them on your MTV rap. You saw them on Big Tigger in the Basement. Yeah. Uh, no, I was... Actually, I was going to agree with you on that statement, Rodney. You did have more access, and you felt like more of a bond with them because not only if you were a fan and you were blessed to actually get into TRL or 106 in Park or one yeah. of those particular Talk shows. To, um, Free and um, AJ. Yeah. And, like... And uh, Mr. 106 in Park Bow. <laughs> no, man, if you was blessed to go to one of those shows, you got to be up close and personal with your favorite artists, man. They was giving out handshakes, hugs, high fives. They give out free gifts, all types of things, man. And it just, if you didn't want to, if you didn't want to be there and be in that environment, you had, it had to be something wrong with you because I always had a vision of myself being 
at mm-hmm. TRL even if it was just part. to be outside yeah, with on the sidewalk on the, <laughs> like I know like America like just imagine because they still do this for good more in America you see the people out there with the sign but just imagine that like four in the afternoon yeah New York City times like stand seeing people stand outside and you know seeing a celebrity come to the window and wave and do all of that like we don't ha- you don't have that no more hell you like to see a music video now you got to go on YouTube and sit through 45 seconds of ass and yeah now you know what you know what actually ruined that for us and that's not saying that that me and Rodney don't understand that we're not um sympathetic or empathetic about um everything that's going on in the world now we do know it's covid so it's hard to do certain things and some artists don't feel like they want to be around certain people and we're not we're not being we're not downplaying 9-11 because 9-11 did change a lot of things about big crowds and like certain things and being in certain areas a lot of things got restricted yeah so, so we we do understand that <laughs> but now i mean you can bring some things back i think yeah, you we, back we, we didn't live through we didn't live through some stuff 9-11 the golf war the war in afghanistan iraq mm-hmm. crisis in ukraine covid two bushes yeah. And a Trump. And two bushes, a Trump. Saw the first black president. Watergate. Yeah. Saw the first black president. Almost had Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, like we OJ. And you know how blessed we are too? I've been blessed to watch this, I, this lets you know I, I might be a little bit older than Rodney on this one. I've been blessed to watch Magic Play win a championship. Yeah, watch Magic Play who beat the Pistons when Yeah. Phantom file, but yeah, I was blessed I to watch that. I was blessed to watch the uh Pistons win a championship. I was blessed to watch Bird and win a championship, and then I was blessed to watch Michael Jordan and win a championship. Yeah, now Bird Lakers uh, don't really re- remember all that well. Oh yeah, man, you gotta re- you gotta give some love to Bird. Yeah, I, now I hated I, them guys, man, but at the nineteen same time, I respect. Them. So the crazy thing is nineteen eighty nine, ninety, and. I have to see if my dad has this somewhere. I hope he does still. My dad was working mayor security. Mm-hmm. Pistons had a parade. I get to meet the whole Pistons team and get their autograph. That's super dope. And I think I told you this too. I don't know what my dad did, that guy. <laughs> but after the Pistons won a championship, we went to John Sally's house. And the, I said one in Palmer Woods. Yeah, I sat in John Sally's house and talked with John Sally. And as a young, as a young kid, man, I I didn't understand what was going on. Everything he like, you want to jump in the car, go for a <laughs> ride. We went to John Sally's house, and when John Sally kicked it for a minute, shout out to John Sally. He wrote he, me an autograph. Yeah, he like one of a <laughs> few of the sports icons, celebrities, whatever you want to call them, to actually live in the city. Yeah, he's actually stayed in the city, man, which was crazy, man. And I, yeah, I I met a couple of Detroit Pistons myself, man. And I I felt like I I think I didn't understand. Yeah, the moment. You know, yeah. To yeah. like, I look back now, like I really met Isaiah and Joe Dumars, and yeah, like I man, I I just didn't. I wish I I wish I could value those moments, man. And like I, I value them now. Cause I'm older, but if I can redo those moments again, I guess I understand like how important they were. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk. The funny thing is, I'm just 
Joe Louis Arena, we're talking about hip hop. Joe Louis has an iconic status, I feel like, in hip hop. Like, if you saw the movie Straight Out of Compton, Joe Louis was the arena where uh, NWA, yeah. you know, is told not to perform, fuck the police, and they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they, they're basically arrested. It's also the site where when Dre did the chronic. Uh, had the Chronic 2001 tour and stuff. He had some issues again in Joe Lewis. Right. So, Will Smith was actually performing at Joe Lewis when he got the call from, uh, well, the day before he was supposed to perform at Joe Lewis, he got the call to um, go out to L.A. to meet with uh, Quincy Jones about doing the Fresh Print. So, Detroit, Joe Louis has like an iconic status, I feel like, in, in the hip hop circles. Oh, it does, man. Like, coming to eat as an artist, man, and when you come to Detroit, I'll tell you one thing. And it was a, it was, um, I remember my grandfather's friend, he brought in this guy that was a producer. I can't even remember his name, but I was big into hip hop and he was speaking with me and my uncle. And, um, uh, this had to be around that time, like 93, 94. Now, I'm a young man. But I was very wise at that time, okay? And he would always mention, like, Detroit in the Midwest, like Detroit and, like, uh, Indiana and um, Cleveland, you know, that they're a breeding ground for music because you're always the in-between. So you're going to get every mm-hmm. part of, of music coming from each coast and also from the South. Like, because they're going to sell here and they're going to do shows here. And that was one thing that I thought that held Detroit artists back because it wasn't really a lot of Detroit artists. We will always value artists from other places. And then they'll say, like, Detroit's a second home. I mean, even around that time, if you think about it, you had MC Bree, but MC Bree was for Flint. Yeah, He was like our big artist back then. When you mentioned, like, Esham and, and some of those other dudes, like, Esham was big, but, like, only here. Nobody really paid attention to him. Um, you had Trick Trick, but his style... <laughs> style remind me of like a Miami yeah. bass style, or like a Luke style. Yeah, Trick Trick remind you of uh, somebody he was critical of before Trick Daddy. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, so when I heard before I knew that was Trick Trick, when I heard that on the radio, I thought that was just another Miami rapper that yeah. they was just playing on Detroit radio because that's mm-hmm. what they would do. They would play all the other artists from everywhere else, and they would never play the artists from here. Yeah, shout out to Trick Trick, No Fly Zone. Oh yeah, crazy stories to- around that. Oh yeah, man, for sure. The gatekeeper, man. Shout out to Trick Trick, man. I had the the privilege to meet that that guy a couple times, man. Um, and I thought that he was really cool too. Yeah, really stand up dude. Okay, so we let's let's go back to our one two. Mm-hmm. Ready to die, Illmatic. Right. Give me one track from both. That like if you couldn't listen to no other song on that album. What you going with? Well, I, I think I mentioned it before. I'm gonna mention Juicy. I thought, I thought, like I said, I thought Juicy was like that was the ultimate like uh, hustler empowerment song Juicy, for me. Juicy might be two on my list. Suicidal I, thoughts probably would be. See, I, I, I don't like, know. I think I, I didn't. I like the path. Of <laughs> yeah. See, no, I, no, I feel you on that one. Suicidal thoughts was dope too. I thought that was a deep song too. I think I just didn't. 
I guess it would have been the last track. I didn't catch on the uh, suicidal thoughts until probably like it didn't become like one of my favorites or something I just listened to towards the end. Um, cause I just kept replaying like the same songs that I like. Mm-hmm. Over and, over. <laughs> and, um, and for Nas, man, like, Oh wow. Um, I'll say what street dream, street dreams. Is that no, on that one? That's, no, um, it was written. Oh, so it'll be I Rule the World then, right? On this one? Yeah. yeah. That was his written too? Yeah. Damn, which one was this one? Um, this is New York State of Mind, One Love, Halftime, no. Represent. Um, no, I did like New York State of Mind. I did life's, like Represent. Life's a Bitch. Life's a Bitch is my shit too. Damn, I don't know why I always get those two confused. And I think we talked about that too, about uh, all the, the ones right there. I'm going to say Life's a Bitch. I thought that one was pretty dope too. That stood out for me. Okay, so the the easy answer would would be New York State of Mind or Life's a Bitch. The song that I listen to just as much as them that I'm going to pick is Halftime. I you know what I didn't appreciate Halftime until I got older. Yeah, because he tells you the real rap starts yeah. at Halftime. Yeah. Did you now? At that time, when you got introduced to that song, did you respect that song, or did you respect it now that you're older? So the funny thing is, is halftime is actually the first song I heard from Illmatic. Oh wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I, that wasn't the first song I heard. I want to say it was probably New York State of Mind was like the first one that I heard, and then I say um, I fell in love with Life's a Bitch. I think I like yeah. the sad songs about life. Yeah, New York State <laughs> of Mind is probably like number two on my list. Mm-hmm. If I, but it's always been something about halftime. Uh, when he said my style was just like a faggot, not homosexual. I'm a, I'm an intellectual. I yeah. Like, <laughs> and the the whole line about this this. Sway Tim's on my feet make my cycle complete. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't respect, like I said, I didn't respect that song until I got uh, older. But at the same time, the shock value on them damn bars, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you got to remember around that time, man, like it was kind of cool to say how you felt about anything. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, man. I, I forgot he said that. <laughs> Not a homosexual, but I am an intellectual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, nah. You know, he also talks about his his daughter, and it's funny because he'll tell you like when he he did the whole line about his his daughter being the star, his son being his resurrection. He never imagined that he would have kids in that order. So the fact that he spoke that into existence, yeah, to have his daughter Destiny first, and then have his son um, Knight. Be his resurrection um, is deep, and I still think that's one of the most amazing bars, couple of bars in hip hop. No, I agree with you on that one, man. It's, it's no doubt that Nas always carries a hot bar with him, man. Like every album, I, I see him spitting. Even when he was spitting some bars that that went over a lot of people's head, because I think at one point people said something. Yeah, about- he, he's saying what he's saying on. Um- Lost tape too. They don't. They don't buy my CDs for the uh, beats. Yeah, like yeah, people would because everybody would say, well, he always mentioned about going back to Africa and like kings and queens, but he was just ahead of his time because he was right about everything. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I, 
this was a question that somebody gave me on another podcast. I'm going to give to you and we can end it with this. All right. Give me one celebrity that if you were in a presence, like you would push somebody out the way to get to. Damn, you know what's crazy? I'm not starstruck. I know that might sound crazy, man. But like when I get around celebrities, I've been around some celebrities. I've been around some stars. Uh, I've been same elevator, uh, same area. Snoop Dogg popped up in the kitchen with me when I was. Um, I used to work at this place downtown called the uh, the Elwood Barn Grill in the Little Gym Theater. If anybody familiar, and it was Super Bowl. After the Steelers won the Super Bowl, they walked into with they same fucking uniforms on. They walked into the venue that I was working at. And it was right there in front of me. And I was like, that was an amazing win, guys. Like, I, I was so cool because I'd never been starstruck. They're just regular people to me. I was surprised how small they were. I'm like, damn, these guys, I'm tall. They, I'm like, wait a minute, these football players, small as hell. Like, they they big as hell. They cocky, but they just real short. But I was surprised how tall Snoop Dogg was, too. I didn't know he was like. Yeah, he's yeah, like 6'4", 6'5". Six, six, yeah, he like six like, three, six, four, something like that. Yeah, I was, that blew my mind. And the bodyguards he had with him was like fucking six, seven, six, eight. I was like, man, he had two big bodyguards with him too. So it's not it's not one celebrity out there. No, 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 no. I'm just I I'm not that type of person, man. Like I always be. I think I'm always like just legit and like just cool. I used to think like I had a thing for Rihanna though. I thought yeah, Rihanna. I think most guys I, if they was. Yeah, I, I think I. But at the, then I thought about it. Like after her being with ASAP Rocky, I'm like. If I was around and I had a couple of dollars, like I could be with Rihanna to be honest. I'm just not like at you you done got that guy like and he's shooting this shot. Like we just a couple of dollars away from following our dreams, fellas. What what Chris Rock say when um Jermaine <laughs> started dating Janet Jackson? Damn it, I had a chance. Yeah, like come on, after you watch that stuff and I'll be seeing like all these celebrities that look look at Kodak Black dating like some of the females and some of these other Come on, man. We got a shot, bro. We just need a couple dollars, bro. Yeah, so no celebrity. And, and opportunity. Aaron, opportunity. Yeah, no celebrity for me, man. I, I'm not starstruck by nobody. And don't fear nobody either. What about you? What did my mama keep calling me for? So, um, <laughs> we going to get out of here real fast Um, after I do this so Tommy can call his mama back. Um, <laughs> but... The the one celebrity I'd be starstruck over is, is deceased now. So, um, oh, wow. but it would have been Muhammad Ali. Ah, uh, not see. I don't know. See, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't because I like Mike Tyson, I like Prince, and, and Mike so Michael Jackson. The, too, the so. crazy thing, um, when Muhammad. For those that don't know, like I'm a huge Muhammad Ali fan. Like my son's middle name is Ali, but. When he died, like, we was already going to be in Louisville for a funeral. So we went down early. Well, not a funeral, for a family reunion. So we went down early because it was the same weekend as the, of his funeral mm-hmm. um, to to catch it, check it out. Like, I was right next. Like, I turned around. Evander Holyfield was right there. Um, Bernard Hopkins, he was real cool. Um, but, yeah, Muhammad Ali would have been the one celebrity for me. See, I, I like that too. That's a good pick. I still, I mean, I, I just can't find myself being Star Trek over. Yeah, somebody. like I was like when Ali died. Like I stayed in bed the whole day. Yeah, I was sick about that one because it was like our Superman had died. Like Superman not supposed to die. Yeah, 
I felt that same way about when Prince died and um, Michael Jackson. I was so mad because it felt like I didn't get a chance to actually meet those guys or see them in person. I uh, never got to see either one perform. The closest I got, uh, my dad was doing security um, at Hitsville when Michael Jackson came in time for something. Mm -hmm. So, like, I remember being a kid and my dad, because it was pouring down rain and they gave me his... uh, police officer poncho to put on but i remember being like the front row as michael jackson goes past into hitsville so that's the that's the closest i got to mike see man i didn't even get a chance to get blessed with that type of interaction man but no i i, I don't know man i just something inside of me rodney that just i i don't know maybe i'm just looking at him as just like regular people just like us mm-hmm. yeah you ever meet a celebrity that was a butthole <laughs> oh man what <laughs> all right so i got yeah the same venue the same place all right so when i said i didn't get starstruck i wasn't starstruck but at the same time man i seen usher right there and i was a huge fan of usher you know and um little bow i was at this venue too there's a bunch of people man it's a super bowl and jimmy kimmel was doing the show there too i met jimmy kimmel i remember jimmy kimmel. yeah he was doing the shows there man and um I seen Usher, man, and um, he was literally like from where me and you sitting. And I'm like, man, I'm about to go talk to Usher, man. Because everybody, all the other celebrities was cool, man. They was like excited. And I had the shittiest phone back then, too. Like, (laughs) I had a damn, like, it was a flip phone and it was just terrible, man. All the phones were shitty back then. You just had literally had to have a camera. And um, I walk up to Usher and I'm like, man, I'm I'm like, hey, Usher, like, and I'm a huge fan. And, um, the security usher just looked at me and he was talking like some other dude in like a corner or something. And the security guard like usher ain't trying to talk to nobody right now. I'm like, well, he's talking to this dude over there in the corner. Like, yeah. And I was a young dude too, man. So it didn't leave an impression on me, but usher was like, he was dope at the time. And I was just like, man, I was a chance to meet usher. But after that, I was just like, well, I didn't really care anyway. I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> like it wasn't like I was going crazy. Or nothing. I think, Mine was Justin Verlander. Oh yeah, Verla- I met Verlander a couple. T- he actually was at the bar drinking, like after they won. Yeah, the that's. Um, I met him. Came at, to my bar. I was at. Um, it was like the last day of school, so me and my coworkers we went bar hopping in Royal Oak, and uh-huh. we sitting at. I want to say it was like Blackfin or something. Some, and I'm facing Main Street, and I see this white Ferrari put up. So I'm like, who about the because you know it gotta be somebody famous ain't nobody just gonna be driving around in a white ferrari so the doors open and i see verlander step out so he come into the bar and so he and me like no pictures no autograph no nothing i'm like i just wanted to shake your hand (laughs) like yeah so i I just thought that was funny even before he (laughs) right (laughs) that's crazy nah he didn't have that energy um but of course, the bar that I was um, I was working at, the Elwood Bar and Grill, he came in there um, with uh, some other players, and like they came in, they were drinking and stuff. And um, I was the uh, I was the uh, God damn it, what's the that gets rid of the kegs? I was the it's some a bar bar back. Bar back. That's yeah. what it's called, bar back. So I was the dude that get rid of the kegs. Like, yeah, I had my little muscles going on at the time. Yeah, I was cock diesel out here, but no. Nah, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I was the bar back, and um, one of the um, waitresses came down. So she's like, um, "Like Verlander's upstairs," and I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'm about to go upstairs and see what's going on." So I peeked through the door, and uh, 
I remember my manager, she was like, Tom, come here. She like, this is Justin Verlander. And um, around that time, too, you know who used to come in? Because they was just about to try to open up a bar down the street. Chris Chelios used to come in, too, and Kid Rock used to come yeah, in. Yeah, Chelios is cool. Yeah, both of those guys used to come in. So I met Chris, uh, Kid Rock and I met uh, Chris Chelios, too. And I met a couple other. Um, Chris Rock, you get no shout-outs on here. Kid Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock, Kid Rock, Kid yeah, Rock, don't get it. Kid Rock, no, no shouts out. Sorry. Yeah, no, but he wasn't that Kid Rock that he he wasn't the that Kid Rock that he was now. But I thought that was cool too, man. I thought, yeah, just meeting all those people. Like I was blessed at that place to meet like a bunch of like celebrities, man. They got me all my tickets to concerts too. Shout out to the Forbes, man. Shout out to the Forbes, man. I I really appreciate y'all, Liz, Jim. I, I appreciate y'all. I want to get them a shout out. They 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 saved my life too, and okay, so I, I know we about to cut it cut it short, but um at that time man it was stuff going on in the hood, um I, I lost some people that I love, and um I was just working like crazy man I worked at the uh, Edward Barn Grill and Gym Theater for like a long time and they just kept they would force me to come to work all the time even when I didn't want to I wanted to fuck around and be a hot head in the hood. And they they saved my life, so I appreciate them. That's all I want to say. Shout out to them. We 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 appreciate you because now, yeah, because y'all he, he's sitting here doing this podcast. So that's right, man. Turn my life around. So episode ten next. Oh yeah, ten episodes in basically. A wise uh, man. A wise man said, "We not done. Yeah, we not done." <laughs> Take that. Since we're talking about 94. <laughs> take that. Take that. Um, next one, talking about me doing five greatest producers of hip hop of all time or five current. Oh, we doing five greatest. Because we got to get the greatest day flowers, man. There's some producers out there that's. It's about to be a tough list. Man, it's about to be a tough list. I want all the smoke. Yeah. You know, we come with an official list. Okay, well. We'll catch y'all on the B side when we talk about the the greatest producers who's gonna be number one. Will it be Timberland? Will it be Dre? Right, will it be, be Swiss? Will it be Dilla? Will it be Kanye? Yeah, we got so many. Pitbull, for real. RZA. Yeah, we got man. We can keep going forever, man. Like there's some yeah. people out there, man, that you got to pay attention to out there. Them the producing game is is tough out here, man. Okay, so we'll catch y'all. On the B-side. Peace.